Before we start this episode of Dr Whocast, we'd like to draw your attention to BLAM UK, a charity which promotes a truthful discourse of blackness through analysis of history by providing more diverse education for young people. Right now, you can donate to help BLAM organise free lessons on black history for children. And if you are a white fan of Doctor Who and want to continue to learn, educate and be more actively anti-racist, I'd like to recommend the podcast Woke Doctor Who, who have done several episodes on how race in both the fandom and the show has been portrayed. I'd especially recommend the episode Martha My Dear, which goes a long way to explain the toxic institutionalised racism that we as Doctor Who fans need to reject in ourselves and in our community to create a better world. Well, I woke up today And the world was a restless place It could have been that way for me And I wandered around And I thought of your face That Christmas looking back at me Hi guys, if you were listening to our uh, roundup of season one, you'll know that our original plan was to have His Holiness Pope Francis appear on a Christmas special to record the Christmas invasion. Um, unfortunately, he is, would you believe it, quite busy at Christmas. Uh, apparently, it's a big deal with the Catholics. So, um... Who knew? I know, and it was too short notice to get Jude Law on board and, um, John Malkovich and Anthony Hopkins and Jonathan Price. Jonathan Price wasn't busy, but he had COVID, so he, um, couldn't make it. So it was a whole thing, um... And Alex Wilcox is in uh, tier 25, so, um, he is he's not allowed yeah, to he's use in, Wi-Fi as part of that tier system. He, he is in a dimension which is just COVID. That's tier twenty. <laughs> He's in like a pocket of time and space, which is no solid, no liquid, no gas. Just everything is just COVID and Alex yep. Wilcox. Which begs yep. the question, is he COVID? And the answer is, maybe. Possibly, yeah. Possibly. So Who can tell? Um, it's our sad duty to um, introduce... Uh, <laughs> today's guest um yeah it's 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 emma feeling thank you, you know. so much for that <laughs> most kind introduction i don't think anyone has ever said so many nice things about me in a row charlie thank you you know what i didn't mention you till the end so you're just being facetious there mate <laughs> aren't you happy to have me here <laughs> Uh, I am, or yeah. at least I was. Maybe I'll, I'll just go. You, you were, know what? Never you mind. Know what? You know what? Say this. You know what? Say this about Emma. Say what you like about Emma Phelan. She was available. There yeah. you go. There you go. And you know, Christmas. The Christmas spirit is about charity and about giving. So I'm glad that we're it's giving about forgi- Emma and it's about for- and it's about forgiving people 
despite what they may have mm, done. Or what they might have said. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like, we don't need to go into the stuff that you said. We no. could. Did, we could. But, but but we could, but like I don't know. Like I don't know if that helps anyone. Like <laughs> the no. people that need the people it affected know. That's the thing, Emma. <laughs> exactly. Sorry, do you want me here or not? The people <laughs> you everyone you could have hurt with your everyone you could have hurt with your words has already been hurt. So what's the good of repeating it? What, I have what been told value that would it be to you to just hurt them all over again? Exactly. So yeah, today we're talking about the Christmas invasion, which <laughs> I'm very excited <laughs> to do. Um, it's <laughs> it is well, the well, first on. before we, before we do that. Thing. Should we before we do that? Should we roll the credits? I mean, I don't know. I would have made the credits. <laughs> No, we're not going to play the credits, Emma, you idiot. Oh, oh, haha, we are on Zoom. I can play the credits. Play the credits, play the credits. Oh. I can actually do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Hang on, let me do. Let me work out how to do this. Um, this, this, all, all of this can be cut out. I, I think I can do this right now. So if I go into share and host is disabled participant screen sharing. Charlie. Thanks, Charlie. Scrooge. <laughs> the Grinch. Wait, uh... The wait, how do you disable? How, wait, I, I didn't. I've not disabled it. What are you talking about? Are you using your parent Zoom account? Because that. <laughs> no, I'm using my phone. I'm using my phone. Oh. Right, you know okay. what? It's it, it. We know how it sounds, and Emma, frankly, you don't matter. So. Yeah. Sounds about right. Yeah, so Very on brand. Thanks, Charlie. Yeah, checks out. I'm gonna pour myself another <laughs> glass this of wine now. The kindest. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> The kindest intro we've ever given. <laughs> Roll credits. It's the Doctor Ho Ho Hold cards. Nicely done. That was Here really good. That was fantastic, Will. Well done. Thank that you. Was, Thank I'm, you so much. I'm actually I'm in awe of you on a weekly, daily, hourly basis. But that just takes the biscuit. Ah <laughs> oh, well, I I appreciate you a lot as well, Charlie. You should have a podcast. Uh, and, oh, so should you. We should. Yeah, you should both. Do, we should both do a podcast. Yeah, but who the fuck would listen to it? Emma will. Who? Oh, mm. hi Emma. <laughs> Emma won't after that introduction. <laughs> oh dear. The, ju- just, um, just for clarity, the only reason, guys, just I want to clarify something to any listeners. The only reason we're insulting Emma is so that she never wants to come on the podcast again. Yeah. Emma really wants to come on the podcast again. Damn. Yeah, we're, we're breaking it down. <laughs> oh, we'll get, give it a few minutes. Give it, give it forty minutes. <laughs> Exactly. So, so this week Emma. we are reviewing our, in a very special Christmassy, festive, Hanukkahy, Kwanzaa, festivaly, extravaganzaery. Hanukkah's over, you dumb queen. It, well, sorry uh, to everyone I've just offended. 
Um, not as sorry as Emma is, but <laughs> I'm still sorry. Um, we are uh, doing the Christmas Invasion. The se- se- technically, it's it's between season one and season two. So we, can we call it season two, episode zero? Does that That's work? what Netflix tends to call it. Um, I think Netflix Netflix has it as season two. Um, but I always and it has like coming soon all the episodes from season two. So I guess it is technically season two. But that leaves season one without a Christmas special, which at the end of the day, that's fine. Mm. If we're going by Billy um, Piper's hair, it's season one. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. <laughs> and the doctor's jacket. So, or do coat. you notice that, like, in the long night that happens where they're like, like the five hours before where the cigarette chip, chip comes in, it's like, it's like Billy Piper transitions from season one hair to season two hair? Yes! does i noticed that it's very it's meta mm. it's very very meta it's like it's like the the world the world's about to end um she's really scared so what am i gonna do i'm gonna plait my hair into season two braids <laughs> <laughs> I, I will say rose's fashion from from memory i do prefer the way she dresses in season two. Oh, see I it's, it's a bit i think the i think that in season one it's so awful that it's right in season oh, two, it's like, so in season two, it's like she's trying to dress like a normal human being, and that to me doesn't really work <laughs> as well. Why? Because you want Rose to just be an ins- dressed like an insane person in there. I just want Rose to be dressed in punky fish the whole time. <laughs> That's all. Uh, the thing is, Rose's costume works until you see Jackie and you realise it's just her mum's hand me downs. <laughs> <laughs> Like she literally has a tracksuit with the word Treasure Island on the back, <laughs> <laughs> which is my favorite wa- Jackie Tyler costume. <laughs> I was watching this episode with my mum earlier, and um, she, my mum, my mum kept on laughing at anything Jackie says, which is like, like, like mother, like son. Uh, <laughs> it really made me feel happy. But um, the 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 mo- a moment I almost laughed out loud was when she went. Oh, look at Jackie dressing up for Christmas. And she's wearing, like, a hoodie. <laughs> I was like, you know Jackie too well. You know her. And, and so mum was good. so, so nervous when... when she was, Mum was so nervous when, like, Mick, she couldn't remember the episode, even though we watched it, like, 15 years ago together. Like, she couldn't really remember the episode. So when Jackie's getting left and the TARDIS gets transported up to the ship, ship, she's going, like... Jackie's gonna, Jackie's gonna get left, isn't she? Jackie's gonna get left. Jackie's gonna get left, and then it happens. She's like, "Oh no, Jackie's been left." She's so invested. Why is that it's such a real? Ex- I know, really, so bad, invested. Why is that such a bad thing? Why is that such a bad thing? Her getting left behind, like they're going into the dangerous thing. Is it just her know, feeling mom, left out? I think Mum would prefer the show if it was called Jackie Tyler and the Doctor, um, rather than Doctor Who. She must. I don't know. She just was such a fan, and I'm, I'm. I love it. She uh, must love Army no, of Ghosts. I, I, I wondered, I wondered when watching it, I, I was watching it alongside yeah. someone, I texted them, uh, I, t- I texted someone and said, wouldn't it be crazy if the sand, the uh, brass band Santas killed Rose and Mickey and, the, and we were just left with Jackie and the Doctor and that was the series now and that's the wow. way they just... Threw over the board and changed everything. It was just Jackie and the Doctor, which then I realised is just misery. That's just the film based on the Stephen King book, Misery. 
Where it's James Caan handcuffed to a bed and Kathy Bates is looking after him. Oh my god. I think I'll take season Am I two. Am the only one that's seen that film? <laughs> I, I... Every time I laugh, there's just such a spike on the um, recording. <laughs> I know, yeah, it, I know. It, it's like it breaks the breaks the t- space time continuum. Um, shall we bring back for this very? You do have a hearty laugh. Um, ha, it's ha, like ha, it's ha, like ha. it's like granary bread. It's gorgeous. Um, <laughs> so shall we? <laughs> that was that was terrible. Um, shall what? we bring back for a little fun segment because we haven't done this in a while? Should we bring back the Madame Vastra one word test for this episode? I think yeah. so. Okay. I've, uh. So this Emma, if um, this is basically where in one word sum up the episode. This is this is basically what it is. So I'm going to start with you because you are our esteemed guest. Uh, how high? Wow. How long do we continue with I Emma Hayes? Hate That's the question. You. <laughs> For every special I'm on. How long do we continue with this bit? Yeah. <laughs> Four seasons later. Exactly. What bit? Yeah, exactly. No, I'm just. I'm just. <laughs> no, it's no bit. She's disgusting. So, it, so Emma, what would what would you in in one word? How would you sum up this episode? I've got a question before I start. Um, okay. <laughs> just throwing it out there: is the word Christmas not allowed? Definitely not. It can't be in the. T- it can't be in okay. the title. Okay. In that in that what um, case, I would say. The. Festivities? No. no, no, I've changed my mind. I don't... That's oh my just another way of saying Christmas. <laughs> Synonyms are not allowed. I'm sorry. <laughs> Can you come back <laughs> to me? Play the fucking game. Um, I'll come okay. back to you. I'll start off. I'll, shall I start off? But we're keeping that in. We're keeping that oh, in. Oh, 100%. 100%. Um, Your abject failure is... to name one word other than Christmas. It's a lot of pressure, Charlie. It's a lot of pressure. Uh, um, my word is uh, loss um, because I think this episode explores quite well the loss of Chris Breckleston and the gaining of David Tennant and I think it does a really good job of um, I think better than any other uh, companion a companion who stays on and a new doctor situation which has only happened twice I believe it's only been um, Clara and Peter Capaldi and Rose and David Tennant that's the only time this has happened before. Um, I think it does a really good job of looking at Rose's loss of Chris Freckleston and building up faith in this new Doctor. Um, I think it does a good job of seeing those emotions through. Um, and there's, I think there's a line at the beginning of the episode where Rose says to Jackie's, um, hang on, I've got my phone here, which I wrote, I wrote it down. Um, it's, is that a different face or a different person? That's what she says. And it's like, that's, that's the crux of this episode. Is it a different face or is it a different person? Yeah. And and Harriet Jones also asks that. Yes, she does. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Are you the Doctor, or is it like a title? Which is like, yeah, is it this or this? And the answer is yes. Like um, George Lazen- Lazenby in Bond, isn't he? He's like, this didn't happen to the other other fellow, which then broke all of canon. I know. Um, although I still love that line. That's really that's a really good line. He delivers it really well. George yep, Lazenby is an underrated Bond. I've said this to you before. Yeah, it's, it's uh, not Charlie or Charlie or Emma have, has Emma come up with um, another word which is just seasonal. Uh, <laughs> wintery, Winterfest. Uh, Christmas time. Yeah. Damn it, <laughs> Charlie, you go. 
Nativity. No, um, <laughs> I'd say... No, I'd say change, which sounds like a cop-out because it's very similar to loss, but hear me out. Always taking a swig. <laughs> As you glug down red wine. Yeah. <laughs> hear me out. So, my... Um, the reason I think change is not just that it's a change in the characters' lives, it's a change in the Doctor's life cycle, but I also think that it's a change for the show. Not just because it changes um, its lead actor, but it's it it forces Doctor Who to reimagine itself. It's got the same creative team, it's got a lot of the same cast, but we're going to do something different now. We're going to have a different character. We are going to take the thing you love and change it, but still trust you to keep watching it. There's also a change in the fact that season one did incredibly well that allowed it to warrant a, a Christmas special. Um, there's never been a Christmas special in the history of Classic Who ever before. Yeah. It's the first time this format's ever been done. So it's a change not only of the Doctor, but also a change of the expectations of what New Who would be created. At the start of season one, everyone was like, what the hell is, is this show going to work? Is this show, like, isn't this a relic of the 80s that failed and then was a, was a joke about sci-fi television? And then season one worked. So season two, expectations are changed. The budget l limitation has changed. And the ca main characters changed. So a lot of things have changed. But I think I think also the tone changed. Mm. I was thinking that narratively, the world they're living in has changed. Like this, It's not a coincidence that this is mankind's first known encounter with an alien mm. in the Christmas Invasion. That they're sending out a spaceship. The world that Rose is living in is changing, not just because she's travelling and finding new things, but because this change is coming to her. For me, I quite like the fact that the, the opening shot of this episode is the it's exact exactly same, the same opening shot as Rose. Um, it's the zoom zoom out from uh, outside the Earth into London. Um, and it's the exact yeah, but it goes same shot from the Rose. It goes into a London that Rose isn't in anymore. And mm. that's crucial. Like, that went straight into mm. Rose in bed. But, like, no, Rose isn't in that life anymore. And it's going down. It's Jackie without Rose. So it's also Jackie coming to terms with change. The fact yeah. that yeah. she doesn't know when Rose is going to be back. And also, I wonder if... And this isn't a spoiler, but, like, season two, you see a massive change for Mickey. Oh, massively. You know, yeah. He develops so much. So... All these characters, it's not just change that has happened, it's change that they are opening themselves up to, that they are embarking on. At the end of season two, three of the four leads are going to be in a parallel universe. Mm. Which, you know, that's a huge change. So it's kind of, it's the risk and the possibilities of change, and I, and I, I find that quite inspiring. Okay. I was going to say is... Because it sounds like you're summarising a lot of season two there. Is that, but it's still apt for. I suppose it's the introduction of change, which is kind of what my word is going to be. So I'm not going to be mad about the fact that you stole my my idea after Christmas was shot down. Uh, well, well, well. Can you smell bullshit? No, genuinely, genuinely. I tried to find a synonym online, but I couldn't find one. So I'm just gonna have to. We said no synonyms. <laughs> no, I, my word, 
was going to be introductions, but in explaining your change theory, Charlie, you've just outlined my introduction one. Do you know what? I think introductions is, is loss, change and introduction are all quite similar words, but they all have different meanings. I think introduction is absolutely fair enough. Thank you, Will. Thank you. <laughs> no worries, Emma. <laughs> <laughs> no, just on top of everything that you guys have said already, which I think, as you say, there's, there is an overlap. Um, you've also got the intro, like Rose is having to re be reintroduced to this man that she thought she knew really, really well. And I guess, can you ever really, really know the doctor? That's a separate thing, but she's, she's just watched her best mate change his face to someone else in front of her. Um, and as you say, Charlie, it is the beginning of this huge change in tone for them in terms of their story, in terms of the story of all of her loved ones. But I guess, this marks the beginning of that. Um, and I mean, David Tennant, or the 10th Doctor, is like a little butterfly coming out of its cocoon in the first, like when he steps out of the, the TARDIS from the beginning. He's like a little puppy. There's other animal analogies that I could use, but like it's, it's very early days. Um, and I guess they're still getting to know each other again. And yeah, I get, like it's not just them. It's it's Harriet Jones having to make a reintroduction, or um, him having mm. to reintroduce to himself as well. But also, Harriet Jones talking about introduction. Harriet Jones introduces herself all the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is controversial. I don't know if it's controversial. Like, even though everyone knows, but who I she love is. that gag. I love it. No, it's not controversial. I think it's a brilliant gag because it pays off. Like. It pays off, like, at her fi- in her final scene, they make that joke. <laughs> yeah, does the Dalek say it? Yes. Well, she, the, the Dalek doesn't say that the that it's Harriet Jones, but... Yes, we know <laughs> yes, who you are. Yes, we know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this fucking woman. Time. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, dear. Um, okay, great. So I suppose next next to do is to move on to the 30 second recap and because it's christmas and i've done enough of these throughout the throughout the year charlie do you want to do the 30 second recap this time uh okay let me just have some more wine (laughs) (laughs) okay well for the record i thought i thought your countdowns um summaries were excellent oh thank you very much thank you I now feel that terrible for everything I've said about you, Emma. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. I do um, not. You deserve it. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna count my fingers because why not? Um, if I if I could if I had participation rights in the Zoom, I could play it over the Zoom, but apparently not. Um, okay, ready? <laughs> Charlie's gonna sure? finger. Yeah. Uh, okay, three, two, one, go. The TARDIS crash lands on Earth. The Doctor's just regenerated, um, but it's gone wrong. So he goes into a coma. Rose and Mickey go walking around, and Rose is stressed because the Doctor might have changed, and she doesn't know if it's the same person, but it is still the Doctor. They get attacked by some porcelain Santas and go back to the flat where they're nearly killed by a Christmas tree. Meanwhile, Harriet Jones sends up a satellite into space, and it gets abducted by the cigarettes who are controlling all the A-positive blood types. 
they abduct Harriet Jones, her team, Mickey and Rose. The Tenth Doctor turns up, saves the day, and engages the Cigarettes leader in a sword fight with the Earth. He gets his hand cut off, but he wins. And then thirty-three seconds. Two. I'm going to go with that's very impressive. Not bad at all. Not bad at all. That was good. And there goes the rest of the drink. You should drink. Exactly, but you should drink red wine more often, Charlie. <laughs> I mean, genuinely, every time I've done a 30-second recap, I've nailed it. So it's the wine's immaterial. I just don't usually do it because it's funnier when you yeah, do it Charlie, because you're worse at it. But but is it is it ent- is it as entertaining? When no, you're it's doing not. It that's why I don't do it. <laughs> that's why I don't do it. That's what, no. That's why I don't do it. I'm 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 open about that. You fucking it up is funnier than is me great. nailing it. Great content. Yeah. And it doesn't matter that I'm better, more intelligent, more articulate, better looking than you. It just matters that, you know, you can get a laugh and that's fine. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I know yeah, exactly no, I don't what think, you mean. I don't think, I don't think this. I don't think this. <laughs> this isn't, this isn't, um, this is just the wine talking. Yeah. Yeah. Not at all. Um, shall we start our conversation? I love you, mate. Because normally, I love you too. Shall we start our conversation? Because I think that it, the doctor turns up at, at near the end of this episode. So I think maybe the best thing, to, best, best start is instead of talking about the doctor first, should we talk about Rose, Jackie and Mickey first? Yes. Because that, that is the predominant part of the, this episode is our, our focus is on the, the TARDIS team. <laughs> And then Harriet Jones and uh, the Tower of London and all the stuff that happens there. So let's talk about Rose, Jackie and Mickey. Um, just, just to start off, I think that Rose does a great job here. Um, I think that um, it's a di- I always think there's a slight difference between season one Rose and season two Rose. It is. It is. I know there's been, I know there's a year that's passed in terms of the show, like airing, etc. And, um, and I know that like she is technically more grown up. But like. It really does feel as soon as it's she whole steps twenty up... years now. <laughs> yeah, literally. I know. Mum was like, what? I, "Why don't I remember?" Well, as in, like, since this episode aired. Oh no, it's fourteen years. Yeah, but which I, which, which my mum was like, "I can't remember what oh, no. happened in this episode." Fifteen episode. years. I was no, like, yes, years. yes, of course you can't remember what happened in this episode, Mum. It was happened fifteen years ago. Um, which can is we remember crazy. it because we were much younger at the time, and we kind of remember. Like I remember nearly everything in this episode, and I've only seen it, and I've not seen it in years. I think it might be to do with the fact that it was the first Christmas special. I think that was such a big thing. Of, I don't know about you guys, Christmas Day television. What did you watch on Christmas Day? I watched the Quick Queen speech. Um, um, I watched a comedy, like whatever comedy special was on that day, either what if it was Little Britain or Gavin and Stacey or Royal Family or whatever type of thing was on oh. like the comedy special at nine, nine o'clock i watched that and that and probably chitty chitty bang bang occasionally but not really <laughs> um but this was this became the long-standing thing that i did every christmas was i was i with my parents i watched the queen's speech i had christmas dinner and we all rushed back at about five o'clock six o'clock to watch doctor who was that the same with your families i'd wa- definitely watched doctor who um, usually with my family, but if not, I'd be happy to watch it on my own. If anything, I prefer it because no one was. I was such a prick when I was like ten. Um, no one was allowed to speak while I was watching the Doctor Who Christmas special. 
Wow. Wow. I will go into another. I will go into an. I will go into another room, or you will shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) Emma, did you watch it with your family? Was this was this a thing that you 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 watched every year? I did. I did. Me and my brother were well. I say were. Me and my brother are four years apart. Um, and when we were younger, obviously that difference was more pronounced, I guess. But Doctor Who was our shared love, and we absolutely adored it. My brother had like his own little TARDIS, so little Rose and the Doctor figurines. I think the reason why I didn't have them was because I was ten, and I was probably like on the surface too grown up for that kind of thing. But obviously, I was playing with it as much as he was, and so yeah, we used to look forward to it every year. And I guess. In retrospect, I didn't really realise how much of a first it was that this was the first Christmas episode because Doctor Who was, we were quite young when it came back. I just assumed, oh yeah, Doctor Who must always have a Christmas special. But no, it was obviously quite novel and it definitely set um, a tradition in place, I suppose. Um, And so I looked forward to it every Christmas until David Tennant left, in which case I started to dread it with every bone in my body. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I walked out of this, the episode where he left. There have been some good Christmas specials. There have been some okay Christmas specials since David Tennant. Yeah, no, there have. There have. Um, but that one definitely broke my heart, which is fine. It's fine. I'm over it. Um, but Also, there was some bad David Tennant ones. Oh, there really were. There really were. Um, the next Doctor is a pile of horseshit. Oh, I hate the next Doctor. I think that's one we can all agree on. I really like Voice of the Damned, and you two hate it. Um, but I, 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 mean, like I don't hate. I don't. I don't hate it. Like, I don't really hate anything. Any of these episodes, they're all fun. Like that's the thing. They're all fun. I'm just being a dick. Mm. Um, Maybe it's Kylie. Maybe it's just Kylie for me. Oh, um, I. Oh, I Kylie's the best plug. thing about it for me. I just think it's the mm-hmm. same. It's just this annoying thing Rusty Davis does, which is like, oh, here are eight completely different people, and they're gonna die one by one in this spaceship. Mm-hmm. Like, so many episodes are like that, and it's so frustrating that that's just like the same structure over and over again, and it's just a rip off of Alien. Yeah, mm. hadn't thought of that. Wait, can I just something that I'd forgotten, and I think that I, I'm not sure this episode does that well of reminding us that the last time we saw Rose, no, sorry, that that her family saw Rose, she was going back to um, stop the Daleks, mm. and they had no idea she was going to come back. And yes, you have like the moment, oh, she's alive. I told you, y- you know. But at the same time, like, there doesn't seem to be like that moment of relief and i think part of that is in my opinion ruined by the fact that it's the doctor that comes out of the tardis first rather if it was rose at least you'd have a moment of them hugging and being like oh my god you were right you're alive but because it's the doctor it immediately becomes oh no what's happened to the doctor i don't think you ever get closure on the season one finale through the christmas special because of that choice that's interesting I'd like to just ask, what do we think of the Sycorax? Um, Sycorax, this is such a basic thing to say, but I think they're so much scarier with the mask on than with the mask off. The minute they take the mask off... You're so right. You're so right. It just becomes another person in prosthetics. There's at least an air of mystery when they're wearing the mask. Completely. They're good prosthetics. Yeah. But they're still prosthetics. 
I like the idea of the design being like, because I, I like the a human body. If you strip away the flesh, it's like that mus muscle and bone. I like that idea really of the true. design of the Sycorax. Um, but I agree, it does. I think I've always liked the Sycorax's helmet. I think it looks so cool. I love that. Um, I love the sort of the slightly glowing eyes. Um, I love the sort of like long snout. It the, the long snout suggests to me that it's going to be some kind of like Anubis-like head, not just another humanoid figure. Mm. And I like that air of mystery that happens with that. But at the same time, like he says, oh, they might be like us, and then they're not. They don't look like humans. Mm. So I think that the difference, the di yes, they they would look kind of humanoid if if they, you were explicitly expecting them not to but because it's framed with do you think they look like humans and then they don't look like humans i i don't think the similarities i don't think you think of them as looking particularly humanoid when they take the mask off might just be yeah. can we just while we're talking about that um that whip that the cigarettes use and like it hits someone and it turns him into into a skeleton. Is it just that he's a time lord that it doesn't do that to him when he just catches it, or or is it just that he doesn't like get it around his neck? I what do we go? That. What do we think? Is it just doesn't it? It doesn't matter. But maybe you know. it's like an electricity thing that it needs to be a circuit in order to activate the electricity to kill someone. And Why just... would him catching it change that? Because it's not a circle. No, I get what I mean. Because if it wraps around his neck, it touches yeah, it's not itself. Wrapped around oh, the neck. like oh, I see what you mean now. Thanks, Will, for explaining Emma's stupid explanation. That's actually very clever. I never. But do you I, agree with it? I'd never considered that. That's genius. Thank you. Sure. I agree with that. You know what? I I will. In terms of headcanon, which is a lot of Doctor Who has to be headcanon, um, that that is the good one. In terms of Harriet Jones's final decision, I. I feel like, considering how dependent she was on the Doctor in this episode, the fact that she was so saved when he turned up and things were kind of desperate before he did, um, I feel like it was a weird time to piss off the Doctor. Like... You could have put more money into Torchwood and got them to be able to prepare that laser quicker, for example. But at the same time, I do believe that when she was on that spaceship and was stalling for time, that was so that Torchwood could get ready and shoot the spaceship with her on it. So she would have been prepared to... It's something we talked about when we were talking about Parting of the Ways, the fact that pe heroes can do difficult things as long as they put themselves at risk. Mm. That it's they're not distant from the danger. And I think Harriet was willing to be... I, I believe that Harriet was willing to be blown up in that moment by Torchwood. I would agree so with I that. think it would have been if the doctor hadn't turned up. I don't think she would have chosen kill a third or lose a half. They would have blown up the ship with her on it. So I don't think it is a choice. 
interesting. Interesting. I think she always would have chosen that third option. And that's why she started talking about it in the first place. I think it's very interesting that having rewatched this, I've been trying to sort of that is the the downfall of Harriet Jones at when I was when I was very young, sort of seven seven to twelve. I watched this episode a lot of times, um, mainly because of Har- I really like Harriet Jones, and I I sort of watched the I last twenty Harriet minutes Jones. a lot. I sort of I always skip the sort of like Rose's suffering bit, which is really good. But like I love when the Doctor comes in, and I love that decision with Harriet. Um, I when I was from like seven till twelve, completely on the Doctor's side. Throughout my teens, when I was watching this episode, to sort of like honestly, to a couple, like a couple, about two, three years ago, I was like agree with Harriet. Now I am undecided, but I like how the episode, episode, it, the Doctor makes his points and the Harriet makes good, equally good points. It, now it, it depends on your political philosophy, which side of the argument you fall on. It's and I like that aspect of it. In, in especially in sort of politics and um decision making especially about war nowadays where everything seems i mean you have like the right and the left like for me anyway it doesn't seem like logical argument versus logical argument it sounds like right and wrong it to me anyway and i know that all the right will probably say the exact same thing but to me this sounds like two philosophical like almost greek level philosophical ideas about um about the nature of um, survival and I like that both of them make their case and in the end yes the doctor wins and because it's a, and but I think because it's a kid's show um because Harriet is eventually deposed but I really like that Harriet makes a good argument it makes it much more complex and I like That's that interesting I wonder whether part of our perception of it being that way is in part due to the way that our world has developed and as you say the fact that now things are so divided there is seemingly a right and a wrong and part of that comes to comes down to echo chamber if because just by Mm. us having an opinion the things that we are exposed to are going to be like a certain political view and so things are going to feel like there's when we see one view it's going to either align with us and feel right or be very, very wrong and alien. And maybe back then, well, I don't think it's a case of it being back then, but because it is an alien topic, there isn't that personal, like, I'm invested feeling that you can just see it as a right, like two opinions that are opposing and either one could be right. And it's harder to do that these days when you do- When we picked our tribe already. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, yeah, I can I completely get that. Yeah, that's 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 yeah. I I think that's completely right. I was always on Harriet's side. Were you? Which is weird to say, but like thinking like I I I was sad that she did what she did, but like I always I I, I don't know. I I I feel like the, I always felt like the Doctor was unfair to her. I was um I I said that I was on Harriet's side for many years. I know what changed my mind, and that was watching Peter Capaldi do that speech about war in series nine. About the wheel, the wheel keeps on turning if violence continues with violence, and the, the, what Harriet does in that moment is violence combating violence, and it doesn't stop the wheel; it just continues the wheel. And the Doctor, by stopping the wheel, 
by the, the stopping the meal and sending them away and uh, is breaking the wheel. It's changing the system. But, but and he I think doesn't, that he doesn't break the wheel because it opens the door for the master. Uh, yeah, but that's I, I. I always find that opening the door for the master is master is more of a plot device that the show uses as opposed to. I think I think I think if Harriet Jones was still in power, the master would still get into power. Okay, well that's you. You may be right because he's still using the Archangel Network. He's still using mind control. Doesn't matter how good Harriet Jones's politics are, even if it's Britain's Golden Age, like. The master is the master gets into power on no political principles. Pretty much, is based on a good feeling and good faith from basically hypnosis. And I think well, that no matter was, what Harry, it was, Harry... Of, it was more. It was more that she would have sussed him out as as, as the master early early on. Oh, I see. So she would she would have stopped she, she him. Was, she was. Look, she was concerned about the threat from aliens, and that's what the master is. But do you think that Harriet would be able to stand, would be able to win against the master? I think Unit would have a better chance under, you know, her leadership. Mm. I, I, that, that I don't I know. Agree with. It's fictional; it didn't happen. But you know, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> um. I think talking about Harriet in the the, the bit, previous bits of the episode, there's a really nice part of um, Harriet's um, Harriet's. I like I like a couple of lines that Harriet, a couple of lines as well as a couple of things that happen with Harriet and also the staff around her. I like the line where she says, "What was your name again? What was your name?" And she says, "Sally." Sally. She says, "Thank you, Scout Sally," and she's really really scared. I really find that quite moving, emotional. Yeah. I like the sort of attention to detail and care that she has towards her staff, even in the midst of something quite scary. It's almost quite reassuring she asks her for a name. The other thing I like is that at no point in this episode does either the major, who is who could have been presented as like a um, like a, a brick who's like always tra- challenging Harriet to do the more violent thing, at I at no point during this episode. Is Mr. Llewellyn blamed or attacked for his decision about the a, a, a positive blood? Yeah, and I really like that. I really like that Harriet is like, it's not your fault. Well, he just, she doesn't say this, but it's almost implied that like it's it was a mistake, but it wasn't your fault. Who would have known what happened? And it just gets continued. This is the information we have now. We can move on. Mr. Llewellyn feels personal guilt, and that's of course going to happen, but it's not put on to him by any any of the other people inside of Harriet Jones's government and I think that speaks volumes to what type of government Harriet Jones the golden age of Harriet Jones I think that speaks volumes to what that is sure yeah the other, I noticed a little thing similar to that which was when she goes into the co- to um, a little breakout room with Llewellyn and she pours him a cup of coffee yeah mm. she offers him a coffee yeah just like the prime minister doing that I can't imagine Bodo doing that that's all I'll say I don't think he's poured anyone a coffee in his life, but but I think it it's such a quick transition from backbench MP to Prime Minister that she does still have the humility that we saw her with. You know, she's not... Even though she does unpopular things, she's not a megalomaniac, she's a public servant. And I think this is another thing that differentiates her from the Doctor, is that 
what would she have done if the, if the doctor hadn't turned up? If she couldn't rely on the doctor all the time? You know, she did what she did based on the people who elected her. As well as, not before, even before, she she continues to act without torture. Torture is on the back burner. So that is, I suppose, the, the, the essential plan at the end is to get tortured to blow up the ship. But until torture is ready, she does everything by the book that the Doctor would want her to do, including trying to get the Doctor involved. Mm-hmm. Are literally doing a public broadcast to try and get the Doctor to come to their aid so that she doesn't oh. have to make this decision to get Torchwood. I want to say that broadcast is hilarious just because there is a brilliant joke in that broadcast where she said... Oh my God, <laughs> I know where you're going. Do we know about the royal family? They're on the roof. And it's Amazing. not like the Queen's on the roof or the Queen and her children are on the roof. It's they're all on the roof. And I wonder if that's like a very, very sly reference to the fact that the whole royal family are related. They're all related. <laughs> The fact that we all thought that means that it wasn't as subtle as I was worried it might be if I was like, maybe I was just imagining it, but like, that's such a good joke. It's such a good joke. I didn't even, I I actually hadn't picked up on that. That's genius. Let's move on to favourite favourite moments, not favourite episodes. Um, Emma, what was your favourite moment of this episode? Oh, God, I have so many and they're not like big moments but i think just going back to my word of the the madame vastra's one word shenanigans christmas <laughs> <laughs> exactly it's seeing the doctor with a christmas party hat on no it was just the introduction of the 10th doctor and it's not a specific moment but just getting to see that he is a completely different person and I think, and I'm not the only one who thinks this, I, I'm fairly confident in saying, um, David Tennant hits the ground running. He just absolutely waltzes into the role and knows exactly who he is playing, even before the 10th Doctor knows who he is. And so just to see him nail it when he comes out of the TARDIS and says, did you miss me? And the whole dialogue that comes from there, right from when he's trying to figure out you know is he sarcastic is he funny is he sexy when he quotes the lion king um but even before that when favorite line of the episode my my more niche um favorite part is when they've just stopped the killer christmas tree um which we haven't talked about yet i guess all the monsters um other than the sycorax but when he comes out um you think he's okay and then he starts to have convulsions again and <laughs> All he needs is tea, but he doesn't get a chance to say this because Jackie is suggesting everything under the sun to him. Does he need paracetamol? Does he need? I don't think he food? needs that. He needs. I don't think he knows that he needs tea. No, he doesn't. He doesn't know that either. But just the fact that he doesn't get a word in edgeways, uh, I, I absolutely <laughs> love that moment. And um, so I would say that, and the first five minutes after he comes out of the TARDIS on the Sycorax ship, are so iconic. Um, that it's it's hard to not make it a favourite moment. That and when he checks himself out in the mirror when he changes really... when he picks his outfit. Mm. Oh, I love I love the picking outfit scene. That's an amazing scene. I love it. 
I love like the I, I love the references to Doctor Who because you have like a couple of like old Doctor Who like you've got Patrick Troughton's trousers, you've got a Peter Davison hat, you've got a Tom Baker-ish costume, but you also have David Tennant references, which is insane. Yeah. Like you have a Harry Potter uniform. I think there's an outfit from Casanova, a isn't about there? Using Goblet of Fire. Yep. There's a Casanova wow. outfit. We all went on IMDb <laughs> and read the trivia. <laughs> what are you talking about? I didn't. You knew this intuitively. Um, no, I, I think that scene's amazing. Because also, just like, it's the first time we see another bit of the TARDIS, even though it's clearly filmed in the same part of the TARDIS. I think, am I correct in oh, saying yeah. that's the only time in that version of the TARDIS that we see another room in the TARDIS? Uh, you are quite correct. What a travesty. I think, I think you're right. It's possible. Yeah, I think that's right. I want more. Because the next time you see other rooms in the TARDIS, I believe, is in Matt Smith's Doctor's Wife mm. episode. When the TARDIS comes alive. Yeah. You, Emma is looking like she's just drunk a sour <laughs> grape. Are you, do you hate that episode? I just I just hate Moffat generally. Come back for that episode. <laughs> it's very interesting. We've had, we've now had three people on the podcast who hate Moffat and two that like him, I think. Interesting. Who are my friends there? And we're, and I feel like we're kind of a bit more met about him. Like we kind of ha- like some and don't like others. Is that right, Will? Uh, I have, it's difficult, I, I really, there's parts of Moffat that I cannot, like, I cannot stand, and I can't, I can't lie and say that I did, my interest for the series did wane, and I would, and I would miss episodes and then binge the rest of the season, which I never did with Rusty Davis, but I think I've, I think in the last couple of years, I, especially as I've become a Peter Capaldi stan, I have started to like Moffat a lot more. That's fair. Um, I think that he doesn't he doesn't do good seasons. He does great premises and I would hundred percent agree with you there. And he's better as a guest writer. Exactly. Um, we've talked about we've talked about the the doctors. We we were we were on favorite moments eventually back in the day. Um, back it back in back in 20, 2011 back when we started this podcast. Back in day. <laughs> back in day. <laughs> Back in there. Um, uh, I'm going to talk about my favourite moment because sod it. Um, it's my favourite moment is the um, uh, the don't you think she looks tired? Six words. I think it's very clever. Interesting. I was so glad you brought that up. I think the idea of political. It. I love it. I think the the idea of political doubt being sown <laughs> is genius. I think that's a really clever way of doing that. Of, of bringing so, up to bringing up to young is kids he mind about controlling that. that guy. Was he hypnotizing that guy? No, um, I see. Um, maybe. I, I'm not sure. Like all he did was say, and presumably this guy like quite likes Harriet, so I'm not quite sure how him saying that to that guy, if that guy is a real person has any effect so that bit confuses me so much like, i'm not quite sure what the how that how that works all he's saying to harriet no about harriet to her right hand person who's presumably quite loyal just from just from what we know of the character is don't you think she looks tired and that leads to that day there being a vote of no confidence first of all nitpicky but i don't give a shit 
Parliament isn't isn't sitting on Christmas Day. How could there be a vote of no confidence in the Prime Minister? It's been an alien invasion, Charlie. Anything could happen. Pardon? There's been an alien invasion. That is true. Well, no, there's not an alien invasion. We go. We must. We must call Parliament. They'll know what to do. Well, I have. I have two reasons for this. One, I think you're in terms of the criticism that he likes and knows Harriet and is her right hand man. I think, I think, I think from Adam Garcia's reaction, um, he is not like he he is like kind of hesitant to bring it up to Harriet that torture is ready. Tell tells her, and then I think the doctor's speech against Harriet sways him. Um, that's not the best head canon reason in the world. I agree, but that's that's the thing I think. The more the thing that I think is more likely, and you might be able to, you might shoot this down. This is a theory rather than a truth. Is that he takes the microphone off Adam's ear. I think he speaks directly to not just Adam, but other people that Adam is in contact with on that Bluetooth mic. Oh. Oh, that's interesting. So it's why so would it's, taking it off how like change that though? Um, because I don't know why taking it off changed something. As opposed, I maybe just being badass, but um. I don't know. Maybe don't for know. what it looks like to Harriet, if he's taking, if he see, if she sees him taking out the earphone, maybe she doesn't know what the earpiece will pick up. She just sees him taking out the earpiece, and it becomes that sort of, um, I don't know, rumor mill thing of like he's saying something about me in private. What is that? I want to know. If it was something he was willing to share, he would have said it with the earpiece on. And so it it sort of sets her paranoia in motion, like in in motion, I guess, to get it to where it is, and also breaks the trust between Harriet and her right hand man. Um, mm. So that like by by taking that earpiece off, it it literally it's it it can be that the other people hear on the edge of the headphone, which is I think how it spreads quickly. But also by taking it off, she then focus. She literally runs to him and shouts at him, and. She's never shouted at him by the looks of it ever before. So I think, I, yeah, I think that's, I think that's probably the reason. Um, my favorite moment is when Rose tells Jackie that the Doctor has two hearts. Ah, oh. because you get a brilliant Jackie Tyler line. I mean, I love Jackie Tyler dick jokes, <laughs> but um, this one especially where he says. What else has he got to do of anything else? Which I love. I appreciate a good dick joke so much. There's another moment relating uh, to that where Jackie, where Rose says, um, after the doctor's just just um, fainted on the floor and he's like sweating, and she says, oh, it's only got one heart working now. Jackie rolls her eyes. Instead of like caring for the doctor, you can just see it. It's like a small moment. Jackie rolls her eyes, like I typical one heart working, classic. Like, like one doesn't work the better for the rest of us. It's great. Um, I also want to point out, like, this isn't a favourite moment, but while I've... It's kind of tied... To, it's another Jackie thing. This is the third time in basically... In 14 episodes that that flat has been trashed by an alien. Yes. You have the Auton Hand. You have the Slovene. And you have the Christmas tree. Poor flat. 
And each time it destroys more of the flat. And each time after after that exact moment, the, the Doctor and Rose piss off and leave Jackie with all the damage. <laughs> To clean it Actually up. Actually saying to clean that. Up the sponge. Actually, start of season two. Yeah, they stay for a while. Which is, which is a big change. Because that doctor... Neither doctor didn't stay for dinner. Mm. And mm. the tenth doctor does. Stays for Christmas dinner. I know. Dinner. Very... It, really adorably. It's really cute. Um, so I will say... just We talked a bit about the difference between the tenth doctor and the ninth doctor. You know Rusty Davis wrote this episode for the ninth doctor? Not in terms really? of... Really? No. No. Hear me out. Not what it's not what you think. He didn't write it thinking Chris Freckleston would be back because so much of the episode revolves around regeneration. But he wrote the lines as if they were for the ninth Doctor. That's interesting. And he said, "I'm going to write lines like I normally would, and let David just do what he wants <gasps> with with the lines I write." Which is so smart because, like, the lines you could imagine if you imagine them in Chris Freckleston's voice, they still work, and it gives him kind of it. It doesn't. And this is kind of a problem with what later showrunners do with new Doctors. They try to, like, push them in a certain direction. But what Davis does, he writes the Doctor and lets the actor do what they want with the lines. I love every bit of that. That's amazing. That's so... Um, that's Which I, I think is so interesting. I know that sounds like... It sounds almost, like, not revolutionary. Like It sounds almost, like, basic, but it's genius. Because it means that you you means that you give the actor the impetus to create, and then you then work like yeah through that you gain what your doctor is going to be in season two. Totally, that's but fantastic. Al- al- also, but also I think this is the only episode that comes immediately post regeneration, in which the doctor is dealing so much with the legacy of his previous incarnation. Or of the new series, at least. I think that this Doctor doesn't just feel like the 10th Doctor. He feels like so much of a transition between 9 and 10. Whereas if you think of Matt Smith, because, you know, um, Donna isn't there. Because none of his companions are there and he goes straight to Amy. He is immediately Matt Smith doing crazy stuff. And no one's saying, oh, weren't you like this before? Likewise, you have Capaldi. Even though he has Clara, he's not... um, he is so immediately different, and because he's dealing with like um, amnesia, there's no sort of carryover. Mm. Mm. Likewise with Whitaker, this is the only one where you sort of have a state between Doctors, and I and I think that works so well. Is that in part because of logistics in terms of episodes? This was a Christmas special, so as we said at the beginning. It's season two, episode zero, if you want to count it that way. Whereas when Matt Smith becomes the tenth doc- becomes the eleventh Doctor, he is going straight into season five, episode one, and so there isn't that time in between. And then I feel like Matt Smith might have regenerated at Christmas again, and so the first Peter Cabaldi episode was as part of the season. Yeah. And so that, as you say, Charlie, yeah. very rightfully, that sort of lax period in the middle where he's trying to figure out what he is, they haven't allowed the time for that in recent times. I can't remember Jodie Whittaker, so I can't speak for that. But I, I think, I hadn't thought of that before, but there might be a pattern there. Peter Capaldi regenerated at Christmas again. Uh, so yeah, the first episode of Jodie was season, season 11, so, episode uh, one. So yeah, it, you're completely right. I'd say I, I don't love, I don't love the... I don't love the regeneration equals amnesia plot device. 
I just think it's not that interesting. I like the regeneration equals sickness because... device. Yeah, but yeah, that 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 works. Mm. But I think that having the doctor sort of not fully grasp their previous self. I, I don't know. It's just it, it always annoys me a tiny bit that like it it robs the audience of the closure from their relationship with the previous doctor. Mm. I think it's it's kind of a shame thinking about it now that they have started to time the regenerations for the Christmas because I think if you were go- just from like a watching Doctor Who as a punter perspective you're you, they've probably got more people watching at Christmas that wouldn't normally watch it and if a doctor is about to regenerate at Christmas that's the most you're going to need the most context to understand it and so in a way it's the least accessible kind of episode if you're doing it for fan service because it's closing up on all of the plots stories beforehand and the only bit that's accessible to everyone comes at the end when there's a new face that no one knows whereas i think one of the reasons why this is one of my favorite episodes the christmas invasion is it's a it's a new open playing ground for everyone um yeah it's clean slate it's great yeah yeah totally and they haven't done that since and it's a shame because that's part of why this episode works so well is it's so accessible even for people who aren't doctor who fans it's the perfect one to start on if you're not really a Doctor Who fan. I mean, no, that's a, that's a lie. I would say start with Rose. Obviously, I'm a purist, but like, um, if you were <laughs> dipping in, <laughs> you're, not mo- you're not a monster. If, I, if like if you're a granddad and you're dipping in because it's not COVID and you want to spend Christmas with your family and Doctor <laughs> Who's on and your grandkids love it, you would probably get some enjoyment out of it. Whereas if you were to watch David Tennant or Matt Smith or Peter Capaldi's last episodes at Christmas, you wouldn't have a clue what's going on. This happens to my dad every single year. Like, it's just, it's quite alienating and it's a shame because it's a good opportunity um, to get new people on board. Uh, I don't know if that's true. I think that, for example, like, I watched Matt Smith's last episode, which was a Christmas special, without having watched the preceding season. Because. Um, it was terrible, and I you don't know you get what's going on, yeah. But what I will say, I think a re- a good reason for having regeneration episodes in the Christmas special is Christmas specials tend to be a lot longer than the average episode. They're usually about an hour long rather than forty the forty five minutes, and I think that having an episode that caps off a Doctor's run, I think, particularly in the case of like. David Tennant, he had two one-hour episodes as his final story. Um, Matt Smith had, you know, he had the movie, um, which Day of the Doctor, Doctor. Day of the Doctor and Night of the Doctor. Day of the Doctor. No, Day of the Doctor, Time of the Doctor. Doctor. Night of the Doctor was Paul McGann's eight-minute thing. It's the most Moffat thing I've ever heard. Isn't that... I thought that was Night of the Doctor. No time for it. Oh, anyway... Yeah, no, you're right. Um, and Capaldi had, you know, that Sidemen episode, but then he also had Twice Upon a Time as, like, a little bonus. So I think it's about giving as much time as possible to the final story. I I feel like you're suffering from amnesia, Charlie, uh, because last episode we talked about how the regeneration of Nine is so refreshing 
because it's so quick. I love the regeneration line. Don't get me it's wrong. It's so quick and it's wrapped up so quickly and it feels the end of a season arc. So I think I agree with Emma on this. I understand your point that it gives you more time with the Doctor. I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not saying I think that the other method is better, but I'm trying to rationalize oh, it. Okay. Yeah, I can understand that. Like it makes sense. Like I suppose to especially an actor that's given a lot of their career to the project, giving them a long episode. It it's sort of like a thank mm. you. No, I, I could... I'm not saying it's better or worse. I'm just saying that may well be what they're I doing. S- I have to explain myself a lot. We're all drunk. Yeah. It's fine. It's Christmas. Also... It's Christmas. <laughs> I've run out of wine. Um, um, I think just just the last topper um, of all of this. I think as you were saying about the transition um, of nine and ten, and about um, about this this about with this episode, you really deal with not the of. No, no amnesia for this doctor of knowing who he was of the previous doctor compared to this doctor i think it's beautiful and also the fact that rusty davis wrote the lines for nine which i didn't know isn't it beautiful that tenant says fantastic and that's one of the last lines of the episode i love yes that. I i've love forgotten that. about I, I i mean i i noticed it when i watched it but i forgot to mention it in this episode i thought i must mention that i love it's that it's so it it caps off it's it's all, it, and I know how it ended with Eccleston was on a on a kind of bitter tone for the production staff and Eccleston itself, but for me that was such a classy tribute to the person who started it all by saying that yeah. line and it being right at the I, end. Of the I, I couldn't I couldn't agree yeah. more. Um, Emma, I'm what not, would you know? You know, we're we're both big Eccleston fans. Big Eccleston fans. I'm sorry, fans. Emma, that you didn't get to do an do a Eccleston episode with us. An Ecclestowed, if you will. An Ecclestowed, indeed. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Not mad. But also, I, kn- I know from knowing you for a long time that you really fancy David Tennant. What? So. <laughs> You're obsessed with David Tennant. I've never heard of him. You have a poster <laughs> of him. It's first time talking, first time seeing him. Um, this is a very exciting okay. moment. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to start, I'm going to say to Emma... Emma, what would you like to rate this episode out of ten? Ooh! Out of ten, not out of nine, out of ten. It's our first out of ten. This is so exciting. Um, I would. I can't remember. Do you? Can you do half marks? No. No. Honestly, it's a nightmare because I have to. I because I put the ratings on Instagram. I have to collate these, and I have to make for three people's ratings. I have to collate all of them, divide them by three, and normally it's like eight point three 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 recurring. <laughs> so I have to uh, tonight. So adding half marks into that is a nightmare. Okay, okay. Um, in that case, um, I would give this story, and I'm torn between eight and nine. So you can see where my half Ooh, mark would okay. have fallen. Okay. Um. I'll go with eight point five. Yeah, yeah. What? I dropped maths. Um, (laughs) because I think I'm gonna I'm gonna push it out there and say this is the best Christmas episode they've done. Um, I I don't think they have managed to reach um this level of accessibility in terms of story. If you're not the usual Doctor Who fan. Um, that has been dragged into watching it because it's Christmas time and also give the amount of fan service that this episode do- does 
and make it enjoyable for both camps. Um, I also think in terms of ticking the Christmas box, it's as seasonal it as, as you can get. It You've is got, camp. It is so camp and so Christmassy. And that's what you want on Christmas Day. And I love it. Um, but in doing ticking those boxes, it doesn't lose the essence of the storyline. You've still got a decent villain. You've got quite a lot of villains in this in this episode. You've got the pilot fish who we haven't mentioned. I thought I don't know. They're in the the next Christmas special as well, aren't they? Because I always yeah. thought they were just in that one. So yeah. I was quite surprised when I saw them this time. Um and you've also got the Christmas tree. You've got um obviously the Sycorax. You've got Harriet Jones, depending on how you want to see it. Obviously we see her more sympathetically, but she does make that huge mistake um you've got steve who won't turn down the music <laughs> when mickey asks him to yes. oh mickey's oh, got a mate i thought you were talking about like yes and you not for not steve from jackass i was gonna say he was like why are we talking yes. about jackass <laughs> and you also have um you have slade's merry christmas which is the only christmas song i think doctor who have the rights to because it is always that song every time it's christmas I don't know if you guys have noticed. Oh, it is. Every I'm, single I time. Hate that song. Although, there is a fucking banger at the end of the episode. Yes, that, yeah, there yeah, is. That, is, um, that song, song has been in my is. head. I, I've forgotten day. the name of it. Da, 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 I, I, da. Me, oh my god, me too. So wholesome. Uh, it is. Da, 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 da. Um, oh, it's so good. I think it's written by Murray Gold. Yeah. I think it's. I believe it is. Oh, okay. Um, I'm just googling it, and we. While can Charlie's looking for that, the other out. part that I love about it is. What did you? Sorry, what? What did you? What, wait, what did? What did you give it out of ten? I gave it an eight, um, because of all the reasons I gave, and also it's the first introduction David David Tennant. I think he hits the ground running. Um, he just waltzes into that role and knows exactly who he is. Is so charming. It's like a little puppy and a butterfly first emerging at the same time and but also has the darkness of the ninth doctor maybe i should give it a nine i'm changing if it's your my mind. christmas episode give it a nine why not i think it's why not it's christmas it's a nine it's christmas oh just i don't think i would have given it a nine back then but with retrospect i think it's aged quite well now that we've got other christmas specials to compare it to i think it really does yeah it's called do well. it's called song for ten and it is by Murray Gold and the BBC Symphony Orchestra. Oh, oh wow, it's song for ten. That's amazing. Um, what I will what I will say um, is because Emma wanted to give it eight point five, and she's now given it nine. I will give it eight because I have the exact same dilemma, and I feel like we should balance each other out in this scenario. There we go. Teamwork. Nice. What and about you, Will? Tiebreaker. I'm going to give it an eight point five. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> Um, I am going to give this episode, you know what, I'm going to give it a 9 as well. I had a wonderful time throughout the okay. whole thing. I I thought I was going to, I thought I was going to come, come and watch this episode and find out all the, all the problems with it and realise that, oh, okay, actually, this is just nostalgia speaking, but it, it really stands up. And I Doesn't thought it? there was going to be issues with the timing. I thought that they actually, like... Because I've always watched the, the the bit where David Tennant comes in at the end. I was like, oh well, the the timing of the 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 episode beforehand must be really slow that I don't enjoy it. But in the first five minutes, we have the the 
tuba tuba wielding Santa alien Santa robots. You have the Christmas tree. You have David Tennant doing waking up and doing that. that he's hardly in the episode. Slash he's hardly in the episode. He's hardly in the episode. But he's sort of <laughs> all around it. And then Harriet Jones lights up the seat. Lights up. And they also, I, what I like about this is that there's five hours that the Sycorax ship comes, um, it takes to go from where its position is to going to the Earth. They do not spend any time that's extra it, oh, taking up the time to do to talk about those five hours. It's just, then they're back and it's done. And it's great. I love, I love, it's, it's for one, it's, it's actually, it's quick, it's fast, it's funny, it's camp. It's great. I had one all of the time. Oh. All right. Brilliant. Well, thank you, Emma, very oh. much for coming on the it podcast. It actually has been a dream. Um, I mean, oh. Wilcox would have been better, but, you know. Uh... <laughs> Understandable. Understandable. A girl can dream. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, one oh, day. No. We, one day, one day. We, we just we love you so, so much. Thank you so, so much for being a part of this. Um, and especially Thank you at for having me. Charlie's shaking his head, but don't listen to him. Don't listen to him, Emma. I will... Don't listen to him. Tune him out. I will do my best to get the Pope for next year. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, and if you All right, like thanks to follow so much, us, Emma, and thank you for listening. Thank you so much for listening. If yeah, you we'll do, like do your thing. On Instagram, it's the Doctor Whocast. Twitter, Doctor Whocast. Uh, uh, Facebook, Doctor Whocast. Everything pretty much Doctor Whocast. And the Gmail is DoctorWhocast at gmail.com. Write us a question. Did you like this episode? Let us know. Please let us know. And I put a lot of in, I put a lot of effort, effort into this Instagram content. Sometimes goes out, sometimes doesn't. But I put um <laughs> I would we would love some more followers, we'd love some more likes, and we'd love some more interactions. So please let us know what you think. Alright. And we love you all. And happy and Christmas. and stay and stay safe and wear a mask. Stay safe, wear a mask, have a wonderful Christmas. Bye. Can you see Will's not saying anything on this? I thing. can still I can still see you, but I can't I can't hear Will anymore. Thank you. I can't hear I can't hear what Will's saying. <laughs> You're welcome. Just hold on. Are you, are, are, you enjoy, are you enjoying yourself? I'm having a crack in time. Oh brilliant. Am I doing alright? That's so good to hear, mate. Yeah, you're doing brilliant. <laughs> it's usually more structured than this, but we're all a bit tipsy and it's a special <laughs> episode. So. Special hey, da, 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 da. I'm back, I'm back. My internet connection is unstable, but it's Christmas. Anyway. Is that is that going to be the credits? It is now.